0: For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia.
1: Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And we are in the Christmas season. My goodness, it's amazing how quickly this year went. I'm I'm stunned, shocked sometimes. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and I hope it was one that was meaningful to you. And if not, then we're going to remind ourselves that we always have next year, and that Thanksgiving is still just a time for us to remind ourselves to be thankful. So if the one thing you can do is be thankful that it's over, then we've done one thankful thing so we're glad that we are now moving toward Christmas and we are going to prepare ourselves to have a really good Christmas season even if everybody else doesn't have a good time or everyone else doesn't act appropriately or maybe things don't go the way we want them to go we are going to do everything that we can do internally and for ourselves to have a really good Christmas time. So this show, we are going to really dedicate to understanding what is the best Christmas gift. And we know as Christians that the best gift we have, that we have ever been given, is the gift of Jesus. And so many times we want to really work during these holiday times at refocusing ourselves onto what is the whole point of why it even originated. Why do we have Christmas? What is the point of it? And so I want to read you this famous verse in Isaiah, it's chapter nine, verse six. And this is from a Bible, uh, in, uh, a version called The Voice. And I use this sometimes because I just like the way it voices the scriptures. So again, this is Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. It says, hope of all hopes, dream of our dreams. A child is born, sweet breath. A son is given to us a living gift. And even now with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership and the weight of authority will rest on his shoulders. His name, his name will know in many ways. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Father Everlasting, Ever Present, Never Failing, Master of Wholeness, Prince of Peace. I mean, what a gift that is. Child is born, sweet breathed, a son is given to us, a living gift. So we want to remind ourselves that that's what we are focusing on, is the living gift of Jesus. And how do we translate that into our Christmas season? How do we do that when we're interacting in such complicated you know, arenas in our lives and we have so many things that are going on and we have work and we have family, we have events and expectations and people, complicated relationships. So when I think of Christmas... I think of words that are associated with Christmas. Concepts that seem to describe what Christmas is about. And so words like hope, anticipation, reasons, answers, newness, beginnings, love, giving, and receiving. So what do you think of? What kinds of feelings or ideas come to you? And how do we make these esoteric, abstract words, concepts, actually translate into our Christmas season and our Christmas events. So how do we protect this amazing time from holiday stress, family, relational baggage, loneliness, and all those different expectations? How do we keep the hope, the giving, the love, the receiving, and the newness in this Christmas time? Well, we're going to look at some things to do and some things not to do. So let's first focus on that one. What are we not going to do? Because here are some surefire ways to make sure that we are exhausted, resentful, and broke by December's end. And perhaps being aware of them will help us all keep holiday spirits right and into the new year. So that we kind of give ourselves a jolt when we go into the new year. A a good send-off into that next year. So the first thing I want you to not do, don't neglect The basics. What are the basics? Well, this means, you know, if you don't get enough sleep and you eat nothing but sugar and you don't move except from car to store to car to door, what happens is we have a tendency to neglect our health and our well-being during this time of celebratory eating and rushing around to do all that we have to do in a week. And we're trying to do something in a week that usually would take us a month and we're staying up too late to make sure that all these wonderful traditions are honored. And we fill all our days with excuses. Oh, just this once more, I'll do this. Or, you know, I can, I can start the healthy routines, you know, in the new year. I'm going to do those New Year's resolutions. And so what happens is we lose track of that structure that makes our life work. And we have this tendency to think that we can kind of push those aside and, and just pick them back up, when, you know, sometime in January. And so it doesn't mean that we do everything exactly the way that we do because we're in a different time. And so we have to make some adjustments. But we want to keep some things that are basic. And that would mean that I really want to practice getting enough sleep because I want to realize that if I get enough sleep, I'm so much more productive the next day. So when I get kind of greedy with time and I try to squeeze a couple more things in at 1130 at night, what happens is I set myself up for the next day to be compromised, which means I am less productive. And I really do get less done. We've done so many studies on the brain and burnout and the physiology of the body to know that God really designed us for rest because he knew that when we would rest, we would come back with so much more capacity. So when we are compromising our rest, we compromise our capacity for productivity Then we usher in a lot of negative emotions, which make it even worse. Now we're compounding the effect. Then we probably, because we're compromised, stressed out, feeling guilty, not feeling on top of things, then our relational interactions are not going to be good. And when that occurs, we compound more stress. So we really want to say to ourselves, in spite of everything that needs to be done, a lot of that is our own creation, we need to say to ourselves if I don't do the basic things, eat decent, eat often enough, rest, practice that healthy way of thinking, which is positive thinking, being non judgmental, giving people the benefit of the doubt, believing in people's good intentions, recognizing that when everybody out there on the road and in the stores and restaurants or wherever are really not operating at their best, it's because they're stressed out just like we are. And if we can be a moment of positivity in their life, we help to pull down the overall stress in the community and culture that we interact in. So number one, don't neglect the basics. And I know that you have some basics of your own that I didn't mention that you know you need to not neglect. And especially our devotions, our prayer time, our willingness to listen to God and hear his heart about what he is wanting in this Christmas time. Because remember, it is his birthday. So we do want to make sure that we're honoring him and the things that he really wants. So number two, don't compare. Oh my gosh, this is huge. This will stress you out more than anything ever. Do not compare the way you decorate, how much you decorate, what things you buy, how you look, how many people you're entertaining, who's coming. Please do not compare that to what's going on around you. It's fine to get ideas, to be looking in magazines, to see how other people do family events or what new traditions you might want to create, what people are buying other people. That That's fine to gain information. But if you begin to compare and contrast yourself to others thinking that they somehow have a handle on what the appropriate expectation of the season is, you're going to be really stressed out. You're going to miss the whole point of the Christmas time. So you do not compare in terms of your self worth or whether or not you're doing it quote unquote, right. The only time you look at what other thing, what else is going on around you is just for good information. If you want different ideas, it still has to be your way. And and I will be very honest with you. I do not decorate my house. One, one iota, not one thing. I don't do Christmas cards. I don't decorate. I know people. There are some people that look at me like I have 10 heads and think I have somehow created The biggest horrible thing in my life, and I am now actually sinning. And you know, I just have to tell you, in my life, it doesn't fit. It doesn't mean I don't love Christmas. I do. But decorating my house with a whole bunch of things, I don't have little children in my home. It doesn't necessarily cause good feelings inside of me. The only time I enjoy decorating is when I did it with a bunch of people and we did a bunch of entertaining. And because my husband and I don't do that, it really is a lot of work that doesn't necessarily add to the quality of our holiday time. So that's a personal decision that I make. And it's important that you realize that you are allowed to do whatever works for you. There are no rules. If you want to know a rule, it's about how we treat one another, how we treat ourselves, and how we are reflecting the heart of Christ. If you want a rule for the Christmas time, that's a rule. So you do not compare. Don't, the next one, don't dig up memories of the past holidays where you were neglected, mistreated, ignored by someone, or don't dig up memories of past holidays that, that, where things went very poorly or where you were very hurt or where there was trauma. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have to address some of these things and make sure that we're living in the moment and that we're saying, you know, that was the past. I'm going to let the past be the past. And if one of the qualities of Christmas is newness, I'm going to let Jesus do new things in my life, in this season, in my family, in my culture, my job, my neighborhood, my church, wherever that is. I am going to truly let God do a new thing, whatever that may be. So I'm going to certainly honor the, the events that have occurred, and I don't want to invalidate any hurt or harm that has occurred over last other Christmases, but I want to make sure that I'm not digging those up, rehashing them, and then inadvertently recreating the past because that's where my focus is. So I can use the past to do things differently in the future. I can learn from the past and say, you know, it didn't really work when I tried to work that out with, with Aunt so-and-so or my mom or my dad or when I tried to confront my sister or my cousin. It probably didn't really work at the family holiday, so I might not want to do that one this year. So, it's great that we learn from the past, but we don't relive those disappointments and hurts and overfocus on them and actually expect them to occur. So, we are doing the best Christmas gift ever. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I want you to join me in the next segment as we are talking about the things to not do this Christmas. Please always visit me on Facebook at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's I N C. Incorporated and cynthiahyatt.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. And today we are talking about Christmas and the best gift ever. And we ended that last segment with the things not to do. And so we're going to kind of finish that up and complete that. I want to certainly encourage you to always visit my um, website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled just the way it sounds. Cynthia Hyatt, C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. So we left off on this idea that we're not going to dig up and overly focus and dwell on bad Christmases and things that went wrong and the ways that we've gotten hurt. Now, it doesn't mean that we stuff it and invalidate it. It means that we may even have to suspend it. We may have to say, you know, that, that issue is not one for me to work on at this Christmas holiday. I may need to talk to a pastor, a friend, a coach, a life coach, uh, a therapist, and kind of resolve whatever that is. But I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to suspend it and know that it's there and know that I need to work on it in the future. And so we're going to be really careful that we don't dwell in the past and that we don't inadvertently recreate and encourage more of the past because we're dwelling in it, that we're going to really ask God to do new things. And we talked in the beginning of the hour about what what are some of the things that describe Christmas, and some of that is newness, it's new beginnings, it's love, it's giving and receiving, and it's hope, it's anticipation. And so these are the things that we are going to want to really allow to be in our Christmas time. So this, this fourth one that we do not want to do at Christmas, we don't focus on what we don't have and what we can't do. This is a tendency uh, for us in this season to be able to feel sorry for ourselves. And, and all of us can do that. We can have these, you know, kind of pity parties and, and I'm just as susceptible to them as anyone else. And I can think of all the things that should be happening and could be happening and would be happening. And why aren't they this way? And I know personally for my family this Christmas, this is the first Christmas we will have without my father because he passed away this year in October, the very end of October. So this will be the first time we don't have my father with us. And so that's a a really big change in my family. So I want to not focus on the fact that the lamentation of my father not being there. I want to focus on what my dad brought to our family and what that means in our family, and really connecting with all the rest of us that are still here, that are waiting to be reunited with my Father in Heaven. So we want to really focus on what we have and the good things that we have, and we practice that positivity in our thinking. And so it means that we don't focus on, maybe we don't have as much money this year as we would like to be able to spend on things. Maybe we are really exhausted this year. Maybe we've had a, a a huge loss similar to what I've had, or maybe you've had a divorce or you're, you've had a a relationship in your family that, that is, seems irreparable. Uh, Maybe, maybe people can't come this year that they, when they used to visit, used to drive in and visit, maybe you're not able to go somewhere, whatever it is. You want to make sure that you focus on the things that you do have and that we practice gratitude. Now the show that we did on Thanksgiving, it was about two weeks ago was on Why Be Grateful. And if you missed that show, I encourage you to to visit my website. They're all podcasts on my website, and you can find it right there at com on the radio tab link, and it will take you right to that show. And so we really want to take gratefulness into Christmas. I mean, isn't it interesting that Thanksgiving precedes Christmas, that we get this attitude of gratitude at Thanksgiving, and we are supposed to carry that on into the Christmas season. So we're grateful for the moments when we can do something special with or for someone that we love. And we appreciate the things that are working and the things that God has given us in spite of ourselves. So number five, don't overcommit your time by saying yes when you really need to say no. This is a really big one because we can all do this. I can do this without it being Christmas time. So I know this is a tough one. So we want to make sure that, we're, that there's all, all these great ideas to make Christmas wonderful. And a lot of times, you know, it's, it, the most difficult thing is to say no to good things. So we have to be willing to say no to good things so that we have the best Christmas. And so that means that we may have to say, I, I'm not going to be able to go to that event as much as I love it. Please, you know, take a picture of it and video it if you can. I'd love to see it after the holidays, but I can't go. I can't do that. I need to get some sleep or I need to spend time with this family person that just came into town, Wh- whatever it is that I need to do, or I need to just really relax and enjoy the cooking that I want to do or, or wrapping the presents. So we need to be able to say no to all these worthy activities that, that may not fit in the time frame of our life. Because remember, time is a limited commodity. We have to be careful how we spend it. And so we can spend it on a lot of good things, but if we don't take care of the things that have to happen, then everything else is not going to be supported. So we have to really remember to take care of the basics and to make sure that we are allowing ourselves to choose carefully when we say yes and to be graceful when we say no, but have the courage to say no, that we can't do everything and there are going to have to be some losses So that we have, we we say no to a lot of good things so that we have the best thing. So how about this? Number six, we all know this, but we all have a tendency to do this. This is do not overspend, overeat, overindulge. And then say to yourself, well, who cares? I'll deal with it, you know, in the new year. That'll be my new year's resolution. So that doesn't mean that we don't make some exceptions. It's a wonderful time of year. That means that maybe we eat more things than we normally would. But we don't want to just give ourselves license to completely lose the whole program. Because what happens is when we do that, it may feel fun in the moment, but there is a really high price to pay. And a lot of times that payment takes all of next year to get us back on track. So we want to be really kind to ourselves, be a really good parent to ourselves and be willing to say, I'm not overspending. That is not going to make the Christmas happen. The Christmas that needs to be happening is my relationships with myself, with God, with others, and making that a memorable time because those are the things that stick in our psyche are the memories. Let me make a correlation for you. We just got done talking about not digging up past memories of traumatic events or bad Christmases. I want you to see that those are the memories that stick, not necessarily the gift you had, or how wonderful everybody loved your house. The things that stick are the moments that you connect with people, that you reignite that love and passion for one another, that you experience a good event together as a community, as a family. Those are the memories that stick. So you really want to be saying to yourself, that's where I want to spend my time, my effort, my emotions, my money. So that we practice not just indulging and giving ourselves over to whatever is happening in the moment. So this next one, don't overschedule or try to be too many places in too short of a time. That's a big one because that was like when we were saying, you know, that we can, we're overcommitting. So we don't overcommit. We don't overschedule either because think of how stressful it is when we have traffic and we're trying to get five places in one day with a car full of people and gifts. Why do we do that to ourselves, especially with technology when we can Skype, with people. And then we can have one time that we meet and we can actually include people in other events. So we're not going to overschedule. All right, this is Cynthia Hyatt. Join me in the next segment and we finish part of this next half hour with Christmas, the best gift ever and how to make it the best gift. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me. We are finishing this show, which the next half hour, we're going to be talking about Christmas, the best gift ever, and how to truly make it the best gift ever. So we've been talking in the previous part of the show about the things not to do. So I want to encourage you, you can, if you missed part of the show, you can always visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, that's C-I-N. T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. And all the podcasts are there. And so you can listen to the show in its entirety. Also, I love it when you like my Facebook page. That's Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's I-N-C for incorporated. So we are talking about the things not to do. So we just left off with don't overschedule and what that does to steal from the quality of our Christmas time. And I was talking about the fact we have Skype, we have all these different ways to include people in our events if they can't be there face-to-face. So why would we try to drive five places with 10 people in, in the SUV and all of our gifts? It's crazy, it's ridiculous, and it's not necessary. And so we need to really be responsible, careful, and thoughtful about how we schedule so that we can really be the person that we're supposed to be. We can show up and be our own best version at these events, which makes for meaningful memories and positive experiences. So you have to be very, very careful that you don't get overly exhausted, cranky. I mean, when we have cranky kids that are being pulled around all over the place and all they really want to do is play with their siblings or their cousins or their friends, with their whatever toys or whatever it is that they're doing. We really want to take some cues from kids because sometimes we're not in touch with ourselves as to how exhausting it really is, but they are, and they're giving us good cues that maybe we're going too far. Maybe we're expecting too much and we are going to steal from the quality of the, of the Christmas time. So we also, we don't want to threaten kids don't do this. Don't, don't threaten kids with guilt about you're not going to get your Christmas gifts if you don't behave and, you know, and Santa's not going to come or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, we really want to make sure that we're not using Santa as a disciplinary tactic that we, or, or, or Jesus, my goodness, we really don't want to use God and Jesus in that manner. So we really want to make sure that we're just tuning in with the kids and we're saying to them, you know, you really are tired. And I want you to go take 15 minutes, take a time out, Take your toy, go in the bedroom, go in the back bedroom, I want you to stay there for 15 minutes and I'm going to come get you because you're doing the best you can. And we want to really be tuned in to the kids as well as to ourselves. And we want to make sure that we are not threatening children in terms of their behaviors. Now, that doesn't mean that we are not disciplining them, that we are not introducing absolutely natural, natural, logical consequences. And we certainly want to be asking for their best version of themselves as well. And so sometimes it helps before an event that you just kind of have a little five-minute meeting, you and your husband, if you're a a single mom, a single dad, that you have a couple of moments with your kids, and you say, here's what's going to happen, here's what's the expectation, here are the areas that might get under our nerves and might cause us to not want to act the way we're supposed to act. These are the expectations. This is what we're going to do to make this successful. We're all a team. We're all going to do this together. And you really help people have a similar mindset so that we can encourage each other to continue to hold the program. So how about number nine? This is really important. Do not use Christmas to try to fix things that maybe you should have been working on during the year. And that would be like, you know, wow, so-and-so is going to be in town. I haven't seen him for a year and they, they were really, you know, really got under my nerves or really offended me last February in an email and I need to confront them and I'm going to do it face to face. You know, this is really not the time to be doing these things. It's wonderful to let Christmas and family be naturally a healing experience. If we will let it, if we will let ourselves forgive and let go, that's wonderful. But we really don't want to overburden an already stressful time with trying to fix things, or do things that we should have been doing all year things like i'm not going to start a diet at christmas time right i'm not going to try to quit a really big solid habit like smoking at christmas time i'm not going to say well all my friends and family are coming into town they hate that i'm smoking so this will help me to quit smoking probably not a good idea if you can use it to cut down and to really get a program and a plan so that maybe in the new years you're ready to really quit completely that's great But you really don't want to be introducing things that are going to overstress an already stressful situation. So I want you to think about these things that we're not going to do. And in this last segment, we are going to talk about the things to do. And then again, how to really make this be the gift that it is supposed to be. And that is Christmas. The best gift ever is Jesus. And it says in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. Hope of all hopes, a dream of our dreams, child is born, sweet breathed, a son is given to us, a living gift. That is Jesus, the living gift. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we finish Christmas, the best gift ever. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I am so glad that you're spending this time with me this afternoon. And we are talking about Christmas, the best gift ever. So before we start this last segment, I want to encourage you always to um, visit my, my website, which is CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled, it's my name, and it's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. Dot com And it has all the radio shows that I do at this station. So they're all podcasts and, and it has a lot of other great things on the website that you can see some things to read and books that I've done and and music and different types of things. You can also visit um, my Facebook page, which is, which is Cynthia Hyatt, Inc. That's I-N-C for incorporated. And there's lots of daily devotions and inspiring things and will let you know places that I'm speaking and singing at next. So we are finishing this show. And it is the best Christmas gift, the best gift ever. And we know that that would be Jesus. And so I was reading from you the kind of the reference verse for this entire show. And that's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it's out of the version, the Bible version called The Voice, which I love that version. It, It just gives a voice, a different voice to the scriptures. So it says, hope of all hopes, dream of our dreams. A child is born, sweet breathed. A son has given to us a living gift, a living gift. And that's what Jesus is, is a living gift. So we focused the first part of the show on the things not to do around Christmas, because those things will cause us to bring death into Christmas. Okay, those are the things that kill good events and, and good relationships and good experiences. So now we're going to spend some time on what are the things we should be doing Because the holidays have this potentiality to be very stressful, whether it's, you know, extra activities, responsibilities, we can have family feuds and squabbles and cash concerns and shakeups to our daily routine. And maybe we don't like the way we look. Maybe we um, haven't finished up work in the way we'd like. And so we're feeling really stressed because we have other responsibilities that are kind of hanging over us. And so how do we really enjoy ourselves in this holiday season? And so here are some ways that help us to enjoy it. So these are things we want to do. So we want to set intention for the season. And, and what does that mean? That means that I'm acting on intention. I'm trying to find simple, less stressful solutions. So if I really want to host a party, but I feel drained just thinking about it, What is a version of that? I don't have to do the all or nothing. See, all or nothing way of thinking, black and white thinking, is extremely stressful. So if I say, you know, why do I want to have, why do I want to host a party? Why do I want to host a dinner? Well, some people want to because they love cooking and they love blessing people with wonderful food and sending it home with them and and they love the smell that leaves in the house and they love creating this beautiful atmosphere. Well, some of us, that would be me do not cook and do not decorate. <laughs> so if i'm creating a party it's because i just want to have a whole bunch of people over to mingle together. I want to like create networking so that people get to experience one another when they don't necessarily get to or i want people that i like to meet other people that i like that maybe they don't know. So if i were to host a party i want to ask myself why do i want to do this so that i can do it well. So if i want to host a party and that's my real intention then what might I do to make the rest of the party work? Well, I'm not going to try to cook and decorate because that will stress me out tremendously and I won't even enjoy the party and no one will enjoy me either. So I want to make sure that what are my intentions so that I can really make that happen and not get caught up in this big overall should be thing, the way it should be happening, what it should look like, what I think everybody else is expecting. So I really want to make then... Number two, having realistic expectations. So let's say that I have in mind, I really would like to host that party, but maybe I look at what's happening in my life with other people. And I say, you know what? That's a great idea, but it's probably not going to happen. So what would be realistic? Well, maybe just having a couple of people over. Maybe I just want to invite two other couples. Maybe I want to go out to, to lunch after church one day and have a whole bunch of people at a restaurant. So I want to set realistic expectations for myself in terms of, what I expect of my children, their behavior, how I expect them to act, my expectations of how much I expect others to enjoy things, how I expect myself to look, how I expect myself to uh, respond, what I think is normal, logical, rational expectations. And many times I may have to check that out with somebody because sometimes my expectations might not be realistic. And I set myself up to get really hurt and really disappointed. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to pull off this perfect holiday, to get just the right gifts, the right food, the decorations. And it's wonderful to have aspirations, but if they are unrealistic, again, it leads to disappointment and distress and leaves you missing out. So intentions are, the the realistic expectations are, it's the discrepancy between what you expect and what you get that creates unhappiness during the holidays. So we don't want to be overly idealistic and we want to really approach this season. We want to rethink this season so that we close the gap between my aspirations, my goals, you know, whatever my fantasy is and what reality really is and realize that the more I live in reality, the more I can enjoy it and the more that I can experience it. So I want to be relaxed and happy as, as much as possible. That is much more enjoyable than being perfect and pressured. So when things go wrong, actually, that's when funny memories are made anyway. I mean, think of how funny it is if, you know, the dog ends up stealing the turkey leg from, you know, Aunt Martha's plate. Okay. It's not great in the moment. It's, it's terrible, but it's funny in retrospect. So we want to let real life things happen and not be so moved by how, oh my gosh, they're not fitting in our box. And so we want to really enjoy the real life moments of our holiday. So we want to also plan for potentially tense situations. So with some relatives, we know exactly how a get together will play out because it's happened year after year after year. So what can help in minimizing conflict is to create a plan about how you will react. Not other people, not how you're going to control the situation, but how you are going to respond this year and how you are going to do things differently. So you anticipate these stressful situations that you might encounter and you be prepared with a few words to help maintain a sense of calm. So if your child loses the program completely, you just say, wow, we've had a lot of stress this must be a really good holiday. You pick up the child and you take him in the other room. It does not have to ruin the moment and it doesn't have to end up in a meltdown where everybody's yelling and screaming or everybody's embarrassed because a kid lost the program. Okay. This is what children do. So if your mother-in-law tends to push your buttons, if your father-in-law, if your brother, your sister, your cousin, whoever that may be has a tendency to push your buttons then you want to figure out how you're going to approach those situations that inevitably get under your skin or hit a nerve. And so a lot of that has to do with recognizing the other person's intentions or believing the best about them or simply accepting what happened and let it go and move on and not feel like you have to fix it, you know, um, explain, justify, defend, that you simply look at them and say, I appreciate you letting me know how you feel. And you just move on, walk away, do something differently. Number four, what we're going to do is we're going to maintain some of our same routines. And we talked about this in the beginning of the hour about not letting go of basics. That people tend to get stressed out when their routines are broken. I mean really stressed. This is hard for people. And this happens during holidays. It's not as stressful when you're on vacation And you're not supposed to be doing a routine. But when you've got lots of things you're trying to pull off and lots of things you're supposed to do, it gets very stressful when the routine is broken. So you want to keep some of your grounding rituals in the mix. And this is maybe daily fitness. This might be always, you know, your devotional time, prayer time, um, you know, being able to reconnect with God on a regular basis. This also is about keeping enough sleep. This is about eating right so that you have the energy. This means that you don't go for eight hours without food. It's Very, very important that you take many rests. And so you can take one or two minutes, go stand in the bathroom at the store, at your office, at your house. Just take a really deep breath. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me and pray that beautiful prayer that is such a centering prayer that we would just say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me. And we just take a deep breath. We reorient ourselves, and we go back into the fray. So number five, we're going to take care of our mind, our body, and our behavior. So our body, we experience those physical sensations of stress and anxiety. And that is the sympathetic nervous system. And we've had lots of shows that talk about the sympathetic nervous system. That's that. That part of our second brain in the amygdala area, it's in the right side of your, of your brain. And it's where we have the fight, flight, or freeze system. And this is how we react when we get stressed. We automatically move from the prefrontal lobe, which is where we can do logical thinking and delay gratification, to impulse. I have to do something right now. I either need to take this person on and fight them or I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to run away or I'm going to just freeze on the spot and I can't even think. So it's really important that we want to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. This is the one that is always happening that we don't have a choice in that we don't even know. It helps our breathing. It helps our heart rate, helps all, all the, the immune system happen. And so the way that we light up that parasympathetic nervous system to calm the fight flight or freeze is we take long breaths we relax the tongue we warm our hands like you know we rub our hands together and like imagine drinking a cup of cocoa and you really practice relaxing the body you especially relax your shoulders your arms your stomach and you really breathe in the breath of christ so we also want to practice emotions we want to encourage positive emotions by focusing and savoring positive experiences associated with the holiday more than we want to think on those things that were terrible, hurtful, traumatic, uncomfortable. So we want to really work on managing our emotions by saying, you know, I I have a choice about how I respond. I can slow this moment down. And I say to people frequently, and I practice this as often as I can, if I take in a deep breath, I can't talk. So when I'm confronted with a situation that I don't like or that hurts or I'm mad, if I just take in a breath, it gives me a moment to think so that I can make sure that I'm not overreacting, underreacting, these types of things. And so the two things I want to leave you with that are imperative to do, and that is you be different. You practice healthy relationship rules. You be courteous, you be polite, you be kind, you be forgiving, you be gracious. You do your side of the street well, even when nobody else is. This is your act of love toward God. This is you giving God your best version and giving the world around you your best version, even when they're not doing it. That's the greatest way to pay God back, even though we know we can't. It's the greatest way to please God and to thank him for the gift Jesus, because Jesus was always his best version. He always did these things in spite of us. And so we want to practice what Christmas represents, and that's bringing newness, forgiveness, receiving as well. We really want to practice receiving, and we're going to talk about that next week, about how to receive. And so Luke ten twenty seven says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself and that there is no greater gift. The best way to love, put your life on the line for your friends. And that's John fifteen thirteen It says, greater love has no one than this to lay his life down for his friends. So what do you need to lay down this Christmas? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Blessings to you. Join me next week as we talk more about Christmas, the best gift ever, and the receiving portion of Christmas.